I'm Jason Ariola, and this is Rock Out With Your Card Out. episode 50 can you believe it i have done 50 episodes of this damn show um excluding the bonus episodes of course but yeah i'm kind of amazed myself that i've made it this far it's been a hell of a journey and you know lost uh, lost someone along the way but hey you know i'm still trudging along here doing this i did say that i did have something not big but kind of big planned it's going to be a longer show today because there's a ton of music there are going to be 30 tracks in all on this episode. So I thought what I should do to celebrate this milestone of Rock Out With Your Card Out is sort of finish up the 30-day video game music challenge um, that I started up on Twitter that I never really finished. I also wanted to be able to, eh, let's say, talk about some of the stuff a little bit more than the character limit on Twitter would allow. So yeah, Uh, this is also hard mode with no repeat games. So I mean, you know, it's not particularly hard for, you know, someone like me who is obsessed with video game music. So yeah, there is some stuff I would have liked to have repeated, you know, some games I would have liked to have repeated, but you know, that's not part of the challenge. So we'll just kind of do with what we got and I'll just come up with what I can. Well, not with what I can. I came up with something pretty extensive that I think is pretty comprehensive as far as what I'm into. So yeah, hopefully you enjoy that. I can't imagine you'd be listening to the show if you didn't enjoy my taste in music and at least a little bit of my voice or at least me saying stuff. So well, maybe you can tolerate me, and then you just dig the music. I can completely understand that. Don't particularly care, as long as you keep listening, right? Right. All right, so let's go ahead, and let's get this thing going here. So day one of the challenge is title screen music, and for that, I selected Scars of Time from Chrono Cross by Yasunori Mitsuda. So uh, sit back and listen to one of the best opening title themes for any video game ever made. It is just a gorgeous, gorgeous piece of music. So anyway, let's go ahead and listen to that.
if you've never heard that, well, hopefully that was a real treat because God damn it, that is just an incredible piece of music and belongs to maybe a game that I don't want to say doesn't deserve quite as lofty of a soundtrack as it has, but you know, it's a pretty good game that I remember. It's just the Chrono Cross soundtrack is one of the best soundtracks ever composed for any video game ever. And it's a little hard to sometimes put that up and be like, yeah, this is like one of the best to a good game, you know? But yeah, every instrument choice on this thing is just incredible. The Just the build up to it and then that fiddle just going, not nuts, but just so powerful in the second part of the song. It's just an amazing piece of music. And I think one of my favorite little touches is actually being able to hear the breaths being taken when the flute is being played or whatever instrument that is. I think it's a flute of some sort. I don't know. I'm not very good with that stuff. But yeah, it's it's an incredible piece of music. And I don't know that I'll ever cover the Chrono Cross soundtrack proper because I don't feel I can really add to the conversation. And I feel if you're into video game music, you probably already know the Chrono Cross soundtrack kind of backwards and forwards. So what am I going to do to expose that to you? You know, it's just like, eh. I, 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 yeah, I've stated multiple times on this show that my intent is to try to bring games that are maybe a little bit more obscure to the forefront. There's a lot of soundtracks that get put up there quite a bit. And, you know, like Mega Man 2, like, I don't really feel like I ever need to cover that personally because everyone loves that thing. And you know it kind of backwards and forwards if you're into video game music. But, you know, picking stuff from it here and there might be good. And that's the same thing with Chrono Cross. Like, just some selections from there might be nice here and there for compilation episodes like this. I just don't see the need for me to cover Chrono Cross in depth on my own because, again, far more talented people have covered it and... I do want to cover stuff that's a little bit less recognized, I suppose. So anyway, why don't we go ahead and let's move on to day two of the challenge, and that is opening level music. And for that, I selected the ground theme from Super Mario Land by Hip Tanaka. this one too much because i literally just dedicated an episode to the super mario land soundtrack like what five episodes ago so super mario land as i mentioned in that episode was my first mario game that was mine i had a game boy before i had an nes uh, now again i did play super mario brothers before i played land but this was the game that was my mario effectively it is an incredibly short mario game and it's a bit of an oddball mario game as well but you know it fit very well for the Game Boy, and this theme is one of the more memorable ones, and as I mentioned in that previous episode, 
I enjoy how it sort of hit fakes into making you think it's going to be the, you know, a ground theme or whatever it is from the first Super Mario Brothers, and then it kind of does something a little different, just giving you that little bit of an indication that, like, yeah, this seems like it's going to be another Mario Brothers, basically, but this is going to be a little bit different than what you've seen before, which, to be fair, every Mario Brothers game is quite a bit different from everything else outside of Lost Levels, which is terrible, and you shouldn't play it, but anyway. All right, so let's go ahead and let's move on to the day three pick, and that is 8-bit music. For that... I selected the title screen theme from Mega Man 2 by Takashi Tateishi. description was a little bit vague because there's so much chiptune out there that you can sort of make anything uh, considered uh, 8-bit these days. But hey, whatever. You know, uh, one of my favorite artists, uh, Chibi Tech, who, you know, will be making an appearance on this podcast here in a little bit. Uh, Not her personally, just her music on one of my selections. She technically composes 8-bit music as well. So, yeah. But, you know, I'm not gonna... I'm gonna keep with something that was made in the era of 8-bit. How's that? So... Yeah, I did mention that I wouldn't cover Mega Man 2 stuff because everyone knows it backwards and forwards and there may be a reason why that was just, you know, top of mind like that and that is because that was going to be a pick coming up very soon. And I feel like this is kind of a real basic sort of a duh answer because it's clearly an incredible piece of 8-bit music and there's not a wasted moment in it. There's not a wasted note. It's just... From start to finish, it's just an incredible piece, and I think every time I start up Mega Man 2, I sort of have to let this play. I don't think I'm alone in that. I think most people would probably like to leave that going, because goddammit, this is a fine piece of chiptune music there. Alright, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next one, and that is Day 4, Music from a Console Exclusive. For that, I chose Resistance and Extermination from Gravity Rush slash Days by Kohei Tanaka.
Now, Gravity Rush slash Gravity Days isn't technically a console exclusive. I guess it's a PlayStation console exclusive because it was only ever on the Vita and the PS4, so I guess I can get away with that on a technicality of sorts. Whatever, we'll just go with that. The reason I picked this is, one, I'm a big fan of this game's soundtrack. It is just incredibly beautiful. There is something about the way the strings and the horns come together so well in this particular track that really just sticks out to me, and it is one that I continually come back to. I never really get tired of hearing this thing. There's also, the first few seconds of it kind of reminds me of Here They Come from Star Wars, and honestly, how can you not get into a track when it kind of makes you think about that thing, right? I mean, yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and let's move on to the next one, and that is Day 5, Hub World or Overworld Music, and that is going to be Dark Side Field from Terra Enigma by Miyoko Takako and Masunori Hikichi. I only kind of recently got into Terra Enigma's soundtrack. I had dabbled in it a little bit prior to having covered it um, for the podcast. Of course, I, you know, start started listening to video game music even more heavily since I started doing this podcast. So Terra Enigma's soundtrack was sort of a big blind spot on my part. And this ended up being one of my favorite tracks on there. It really, really makes use of the system hardware very, very well. It's just really high quality Super Nintendo orchestra stuff. 
I don't have much else to say about it. If you really want to hear some more thoughts on it, go ahead and listen to the Terra Enigma episode specifically because, man, oh, man, that was a hell of a soundtrack. And um, I'm playing it a little bit on this new little, like, retro box thing I got for myself. And it's a hell of a game, too. Definitely uh, kind of right up there with some of my favorite Super Nintendo games in just a couple hours of playing with it. So, yeah. And with that, why don't we go ahead and let's move on to the next one. So up next is Day 6, Music That Makes You Feel Relaxed. And for that, I picked Hope Journey from Lost Sphere by Tomoki Miyoshi. Sphere soundtrack as a whole is pretty relaxing. Hope Journey kind of really stands out, though. I think it's just a little bit of, well, not a little bit, the melancholy feel to it that I really like. I've mentioned it before, and I will continue to mention it until this podcast has run its course, which is God knows when, that I enjoy sad music, and this has definitely got that uh, melancholy just vibe that I normally kind of dig in sad stuff. So, yeah. I listened to this one in particular quite a bit a few years ago, or maybe a couple of years ago when it first came out, and I used it a lot to kind of get my mind clear when I was writing. Speaking of that, maybe I should use this as something so I can get writing again. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, the next one is Day 7, Music from an Indie Game. And for that, I selected Dangers in Stock from Botvice by Dominic Ninmark.
I didn't really pick this one in particular because it's my favorite. That whole soundtrack is just really incredible. And the soundtrack is what got me into Dominic Ninmark's work. If you're not familiar with him, most of his stuff sounds fairly similar to this. He's, I'm not sure, working on or has finished working on a fan game called Mega Man X Corrupted. And that soundtrack is pretty goddamn good too. The whole reason I really like this soundtrack is it sort of has that... Mega Man 8 vibe feel to it. There is a definite sound to Mega Man 8 that I feel is almost entirely attached to the PlayStation 1 era of video game music in particular. There are just sounds that, like this game itself, that really for a long time seem to not really break through the zeitgeist of video game music until fairly recently, and Dominic Ninmark has done an incredible job of making soundtracks that feel like they would fit in perfectly with a PS1 game. Now, uh, to be fair, Botvice also looks like it would fit in pretty well, uh, maybe even in the 16-bit era, but it seems like it would be a game that would fit in perfectly on the PS1 or the Saturn or something along those lines. So, yeah, he really, really, really nailed home the soundtrack for this thing. And with that, we're going to go ahead and move on to Day 8, and that is music from a shooter, first or third person. And for that, I selected The Last Spartan from Halo 2 by Martin O'Donnell. The reason why I picked this one is it sort of encapsulates, I think, everything that a good Halo track involves. Just the strong string section, the chanting. This is one that when I feel like you need to try to surmise what the Halo soundtracks kind of sound like, this is one you can kind of give to somebody and they'll get it pretty quickly. 
granted there is a lot more rock oriented kind of stuff in there or just rock takes on some of the themes that are prevalent throughout the rest of it but this is one i really really enjoy and most of the time i don't really notice music in a first person shooter third person shooter i I normally just don't notice it also because i don't play them very frequently but the Halo soundtrack, you know, for whatever you can say about Halo Star having kind of fallen a little bit in the last few years, maybe the last 10 years, whatever it's been, the soundtrack in the Halo games is just undeniably beautiful, and I'd be really hard-pressed to say, even as a guy who's not really a fan of kind of, I don't want to say generic, because it's not the way to word it, but orchestral stuff, because it normally doesn't have a good enough hook or just a catchy enough, like, hook or melody that it's something that sticks with me, the Halo stuff always does stick with me. And when the theme in one kind of iteration or another really starts going when you play a Halo game, it really does get you pumped up. And for me to say that, again, as a guy who doesn't really play first-person shooters very much to begin with, hearing this always kind of gets me like a little like, yeah, 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 we can do this. I just played through Halo 3 pretty recently, and hearing that stuff is just like, oh man, yeah, I remember why I kind of fell in love with Halo way back when. So yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next one. So the next thing we're going to be doing is Day 9, Music from a Licensed Game. And for that, I picked a real basic bitch of a soundtrack here, and that is The Moon Theme from DuckTales by Hiroshige Torumura. I guess the moon theme so good that the DuckTales uh, show reboot acknowledges it twice in the damn thing. Yeah, there's an episode where I I think it's in one episode. It comes up twice. It's kind of astounding that they just decided like, hey, you know what? Um, That NES game had some real rocking tunes, but that moon theme really kicks some ass. Let's go ahead and let's just acknowledge it in this uh, show. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with maybe some of the showrunners are about my age and they grew up with DuckTales and playing DuckTales and decided like, hey, you know, This is a big part of my childhood. I should probably throw that in there, right? Yeah, that's got to be it. It is just a kick-ass theme. Just an incredible piece of chiptune. Just really shows off what the NES can really do in the hands of a real master of the system. 
All right, and with that, we're going to move on to day 10, which is RPG battle music. Now, if you don't think I hem and hawed over this one for quite a while, you're out of your goddamn mind. So what I ended up settling on, not really settling, but I ended up picking was Leap the Precipice from Eternal Sonata slash Trusty Bell by Matoi Sakuraba. kind of boiled down to this and the true mirror from Batten Kaidos, but I decided since I had already covered Batten Kaidos on the show, why not go with uh, this? I do love Matoi Sakuraba's soundtracks. Even the most mundane battle still packs a punch with stuff like this. I cannot tell you how many times I listen to this damn thing. It is probably the track that I've really stuck with as far as listening goes over the years. 
I've kind of fallen off of the Eternal Sonata soundtrack, not for any real reason in particular, but Leave the Precipice has definitely stayed on the top of my mind whenever I think RPG battle music, just because of how goddamn good it is. It's impactful feeling, it's got a beautiful string section going in there, and it really just has that prog rock Matoi Sakuraba feel to it that I just adore. And I know uh, Matoi Sakuraba gets a lot of, I know I say this every time I talk about him, but he gets a lot of flack for some of his stuff sounding the same, but I really feel like Eternal Sonata soundtrack is one that if you sit down and listen to it, it really, really shows the range of this man and his compositions. He's a really great musician that I feel maybe he just gets a little comfortable in his uh, compositions at some point. Man, I said compositions a lot in like the last 30 seconds, so let's not say that anymore, shall we? So let's move on to day 11, and that is puzzle game music. And for that, I selected Goldenrod Jim from the Pokemon puzzle challenge for the Game Boy, and the soundtrack was composed by Taishi Senda and Minako Hamano. If the name Monaco Hamano sounds familiar, that is because she also worked on Super Metroid, a game we just covered on the Game Club. Yeah, you can go over to that and actually talk about video games, and not just video game music now. That's been fun, because I get to research all this cool stuff, and I figure out uh, sound design. A little fun fact about Monaco Hamano, she actually originally was going to make the death scream for Samus when she died in Super Metroid, but they removed it because it sounded too sexual. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, this track isn't too sexual, and again, just as a little reminder, it is Goldenrod Jim from Pokemon Puzzle Challenge for the Game Boy. and come clean here this is another one of those game soundtracks from a game i've never touched before um honestly i don't even know what the hell it is it looks like a match three sort of thing but eh, who knows i not to say i don't care that much but i mean it looks fun or sounds fun anyway right yeah sounds fun i don't know how i could say it looks fun when i'm just listening to the soundtrack i've never bothered to look at the game itself anyway i'm an idiot but yeah the whole soundtrack for this thing is pretty good stuff 
Now, when you think puzzle game, most of the time I'm thinking of stuff like Bejeweled or Hexix kind of soundtrack, kind of more laid back, in the zone type music, but that's not stuff I normally will listen to outside of the game itself, whereas Pokemon Puzzle Challenge is definitely a soundtrack I will listen to, not indefinitely, but it's something I'll pop on occasionally just to listen to because it's fun and it's a good example of Game Boy music. This is only the second track so far in this list that I've thrown on that is from the Game Boy itself, so yeah, I feel a little, feel a little bad about not throwing in some more Game Boy loves. So maybe that'll happen a little further down the road. Maybe it won't. You're just going to have to stick around and find out. So next up is day 12, and that is music that makes you sad. And what I decided to go with out of the cacophony of stuff that I have that makes me feel sad in a good way, I guess. I don't know. I enjoy feeling sad from sad music, I guess. Anyway, shutting up. Uh, What I decided on was Forever Rachel from Final Fantasy VI, and that is by Nobuo Uematsu. If you don't think I had a little bit of a hard time pinning down exactly what I wanted to use from Final Fantasy VI, um, yeah, you don't know me very well. This is one of my favorite soundtracks, and it was really tough to pick between this and Celeste's theme 
for sad music because man oh man i love celeste's theme it's probably top five of anything video game music it's just for i just adore that track but i feel like this makes me feel more sad because i know Locke's tragic backstory if you're unfamiliar with final fantasy 6 Locke, one of the characters he plays himself off as sort of like a han solo kind of treasure hunter and then you find out the thing that he's actually kind of looking for is a magicite that houses the phoenix which he is trying to get to revive his lover rachel who isn't quite dead but is right on the cusp of being dead basically and she's being kind of held in stasis by a friend and it is incredibly incredibly sad because you see this kind of carefree happy-go-lucky guy that you think is that and then realize no 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 Locke is actually really suppressing some deep deep sadness here and yeah yeah it's it's a real bummer and I'm getting a little bummed out thinking about it so I'm just gonna go ahead and we'll just move on to the next thing yeah anyway uh the next thing we're moving on to is day 13 and that is music you like from a game you don't like and boy I hope you know exactly where we're going with this uh, this track may have been the very impetus of rock out with your card out and that is the boy who had wings from ease 3 wanderers from ease for the Super Nintendo by Falcom Sound Team JDK <laughs> So really, out of everything in this challenge that I've done, this is probably the easiest. I practically started Rock Out With Your Card Out as a written thing because of this. It stayed in my head for years as that music from that shitty side-scrolling RPG that I played. This was a weekend rental I picked up as a kid, and if I'm recalling correctly, and I wish I wish she was alive that I could check with her, um, I disliked it so much that we actually called the rental place and asked if we could exchange it for something else. Now, coming back to it, um, actually in the last couple of days on an emulator, I've kind of learned to appreciate it a little bit more. Still 
Still not a fan of it. It is definitely not a great ease game. I would not recommend it to anybody in particular. And there is such a much better remake uh, with Ease Oath and Velgana for the PSP, the PC, that it's kind of really hard to recommend playing this version of it, especially with the translation. That's been a that's been a struggle to get through anytime somebody speaks and you're just like, oh god, these sentences are just terrible. Anyway, so yeah, so this game kind of stuck in my head. Well, no, let me rephrase that. This piece stuck in my head for years and years and years until I finally kind of pinned it down where I remember hearing it from. And then I started writing about video game music a little bit on my site, and then it kind of just cascaded and turned into this podcast. So yeah, by and large, if you like this podcast, you have this very track to thank for this podcast, because this was probably the start of me wanting to do something about video game music in my free time. So thank, blame this track one way or the other for that. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and let's move on to day 14, music featuring vocals. And well, guess what? We are doing another another Falcom joint, and that is going to be Rush Out from E7 by Falcom Sound Team JDK, with Kanako Kotera doing the vocals.
there is not a moment in this song that I don't like. I completely dig this thing. Kanako Kotera's vocals are awesome. The rock and violin, the rock and guitar, the just absolutely killer drums in this thing. Just from start to finish, it's awesome. If you want to go back and listen to the E7 episodes I did a couple of years ago, I dedicated that to my friend or who passed away, uh, Michael Cunningham, formerly the editor-in-chief of RP Gamer. He's the one who more or less got me into the E series and also got me into Falcom Sound Team because of that. So, yeah, uh, this this track in particular kind of holds a special place in my heart, and along with Innocent Primeval Breaker, which is the instrumental version of this, effectively. It's what opens the game itself proper when you're watching like the anime cutscene at the beginning there. So, yeah. Throwing Kanaka Katera's vocals in here just kind of kicked this thing up a notch for me, and it went from, I really like this, to I love this. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to this. Actually, I probably could. It's probably in the 300s, I would imagine. I really don't want to look at my iTunes play count because it would probably be a little sad to look at it, but yeah, because just thinking about all the things I could have listened to outside of this one 300 and something times. But hey, it's a good one, so what the hell. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to day 15, and that is boss battle music. So for that, I picked World Revolution from Chrono Trigger by Yasunori Mitsuda. Yes, once again, Mitsuda's reared his ugly head here. Not ugly head. You know what I mean. Yeah, his... I'm just going to shut up, and we're just going to play World Revolution.
The original tweet I put with this was, In an alternate timeline, I never played Zelda, Final Fantasy VI, or Secret of Mana, and this became the track that really started my obsession with video game music. This is absolutely top-tier Mitsuda stuff. I adore this track, and I really kind of hope you do too, because if you don't, I don't know what you're doing here. But anyway, just the full, full use of the Super Nintendo sound chip is just amazing in this thing. The almost kind of horror sounds in some parts of it, the driving like horns in the background that really kind of just keep this track moving, that little bit of panning sound that you get. If, I hope you're listening to this with a good set of like headphones or earbuds, and you get a good sense of just that panning sound there. It's amazing. And this track just from start to finish is just, you get this sense of, hey, we're at the end of this and we can take this thing down and everything is dependent on us taking this thing out at this point. And it really, really just, I don't know, it's just, it's so rare that I feel like a piece of video game music can really evoke a sense of heroism and I think this one does that just perfectly. I, boy, yeah, the Chrono Trigger soundtrack was another one of those that I really, really had to kind of pace out um, what I was going to use because I could literally make a 38 playlist just based on the Chrono Trigger soundtrack and still, you know, obviously not cover all of the tracks because I think there's like 70-something, 80-something tracks to that soundtrack, so yeah. Anyway, let's just go ahead and let's move on to day 16 from there, and that is, coincidentally... 16-bit music, and for that, I chose Spark Mandrill for Mega Man X. Now, normally, I've been listening to composers, but there are, I think, like three or four composers for Mega Man X, so I'm just going to go ahead and not do that because, boy, I don't feel like reading four Japanese names all back-to-back-to-back-to-back because, dear God, you've heard me try it, and it does not work. So let's just go ahead and let's listen to the Spark Mandrill theme. I almost went with Clash of the Big Bridge from Final Fantasy V, but this track itself just sort of epitomizes the best in Super Nintendo music, I feel. It just has this, like, wailing guitar thing. It just, it's basically just Super Nintendo butt rock, and I just adore it. I don't have much to say about it because, dear God, if you don't like the Spark Mandrill theme, you need to check your pulse because you're clearly dead. I mean, 
yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to say if you don't like this one. And hopefully you don't need me to say anything about why I like this one. Just those wailing guitars. Just such a killer beat with the drums going there. Just everything about this track is just absolutely perfect and really makes you want to hustle through that spark banjo stage at a really good clip so with that why don't we go ahead and let's go on to day 17 and that is music you never get tired of now granted this game is only like three years old or has been released in the uh, north america territory in the last three years or so so I can't say for sure that I'm never going to get tired of this, but I don't think I'm ever going to because I think in the those three years I've piled on 300 and something listens. Uh, so what we're listening to is Sunshine Coastline from Ease 8 Lacrimosa of Dana, which is by Falcom Sound Team JDK. Yeah, that's the third Falcom. No, third, fourth. Oh boy, I don't know. Maybe it's a little, maybe, maybe we're getting a little too Falcom heavy here. I don't know. Uh, you know what? My podcast, don't care. Let's uh, go ahead and listen to Sunshine Coastline. <laughs>
a little behind the scenes there. Uh, once again, normally I just kind of plug the song in after I get done talking and skip right to my next segment. But for Sunshine Coastline, I went ahead and did that, uh, kind of really holding up that uh, things I'll never get tired of listening to. And according to my iTunes play count, um, actually, originally when I tweeted it, I was at 317. I am now at 345. So, yeah, I should give you a little indication there. Um, yeah. So, really, I don't think there's a weak moment in this damn track. It amazes me when people say they don't like Falcom Sound Team stuff. I think they just don't like good music might be the thing. There is such a good, like, just beat to this. Just a hard-hitting drum, great guitars, the little piano tinkling in there. It's just, God, man. This is just an astounding piece of music, and I never get tired of listening to it. And I would imagine as time goes on, this will probably be one of those that really sticks out as, as one of Falcom Sound Team's better tracks. If not maybe one of their better, at least one of their better known tracks, because, yeah, it's really, really good. And it happens very early in Falcom, or in Ease 8. So, yeah, if you're playing Ease 8, even just for like an hour or two, this will pop up. And you'll just be like, oh, wow, I totally get why people dig this uh, group's music, because holy shit, it's amazing. So hopefully you uh, no longer hear that uh, engine revving in the background there. That's a wonderful thing about living on the backside of a street, I suppose, is that sometimes you get that. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to day 18, and that is music releases from the year you were born. So I had to cheat a little bit here uh, because it, I was born in 1982, and um, music was a little, video game music was a little slight back then, so I didn't want to play like a three second ditty and be done with it so what i decided to do was play the pole position tv show uh theme song so let's go ahead and listen to that now uh, keep in mind i couldn't find a clean rip of this so this is the pole position theme song with um the speaking involved that happens at the beginning of the show so just bear with me it's it's over pretty quickly all right here it is from now on like your parents were are the secret force of pole position. They're moving real fast, they're the only ones who can get there on time. Okay, sis. And never too far behind, they're always fighting crime. Stop time, Dad. Ready when you are, Rhodey. In the danger zone. Pretty soon they'll be off on a mission. Hydrofoil mode, Rhodey. See, told you it would be over pretty quickly. I'm I'm so sorry, guys. But yeah, again, video game music was really slight in 82. See, I guess that's the advantage of, or in this case, the disadvantage of being as old as I am. I, yeah, I was old enough that uh, when video game music was around when I was born, it was really just a couple bleeps and bloops here and there. I suppose the advantage is I've had a lot of time to absorb video game music, so I've got a kind of, you know, deep knowledge of it but at the same time yeah when something like this pops up it's like ugh. thankfully this is very niche and i don't think this problem will ever arise again because yeah 
Anyway, let's go ahead and I don't have anything else to say about it. That show was terrible that I remember, and um, that song is not so great, but it was what it was. Um, oh, the the cheat, the workaround for that was Pole Position itself came out in 1982, while the show, I believe, came out in like 1984. So, yeah, so we'll just count it, right? Well, you can just count that. So, anyway, moving on to day 19, and that is cover of music by a different artist. So, what we're going to do is listen to, oh boy, ah, bear with me, and I hope I say this right. It is Kaze Yosutate, and that is the Buster Core Meltdown Mix from the Chiptune Rockman album, and that is by the one and only Chibi Tech, who... If you have made it this far into the podcast and are unaware, uh, Chibi Tech is a legendary uh, composer of eight chip tunes and is actually the composer for the theme song for Rock Out With Your Card Out. So, yeah. Anyway, I don't want to uh, blow my proverbial wad about talking about this track here before we actually listen to it. So let's listen to it and I will gush about its ad nauseum here after that.
Okay, so that was the Buster Core Meltdown Mix by uh, Jane Evelyn Esperos, otherwise known as Chibi Tech, who I don't know how I managed to catch her uh, in between uh, a lot of work where she found the time to compose this uh, theme song for me. But boy, after listening to this thing and kind of fishing around trying to figure out who I wanted to compose the theme song for Rocket With Your Card Out, I am beyond flattered that... Uh, Jane was uh, willing to take my money to do uh, this for me because, yeah, listening to this, you know what an incredible talent she is as she's just an astounding artist. And it just, yeah, amazes me every day that I I have somebody as great as her slummed it to do this podcast. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on. Um, so, yeah, uh, this, this track, it took a, I don't want to say kind of a nothing track, but sort of a nothing track, which is the theme of role. And it's kind of a light J-pop kind of wishy-washy feeling thing. And Jane just punched it up to, oh, you know, not 11. This is like a 35 at least if we're going on a scale of 1 to 10. I think this was probably my first exposure to her music that I was aware of anyway. I bought the Chiptune Rockman album and this is the opening salvo on that album. It is amazing you hear this and you're just like oh holy shit and i don't want to say it almost does the rest of the album no favors because you have that opening salvo and the next track is good don't get me wrong i forget what it is off the top of my head but you go to that and from this and it's just like oh my god what the hell did i just listen to jane is incredibly talented and amazing when she can like get a hold of a track i feel that maybe doesn't have a whole lot of things memorable about it there is a track from i believe it's saivar saivar i forget how you pronounce it exactly uh a side uh, some kind of shooter i don't remember if it's side scrolling or vertical doesn't really matter the the track itself is okay it's fine it's called asteroid uh, but jane does a remix of it and it is astounding and just almost as like heavy metal kind of really like deep dark synth sounding thing on the NES, it is... I, I don't know how she does what she does. I really, really don't get it. It is an incredible piece of music. And getting back to the Buster Core uh, Meltdown mix here. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta stay on track here. Otherwise, I could turn this whole segment into nothing but Chibi Tech talk. I should really try to get her on the podcast at some point. Yeah, yeah she might do it. Anyway, so yeah, this was my first exposure to Jane's music. And boy, oh boy, I have just been just an adoring fan since anything she does i'm 100 percent on board for I, I i hate to sound like i'm gushing so much because you know I, i've got other musical friends who have done the theme songs for all of my other podcasts and i don't nearly gush as much as i do about this but for me this is like having richard marks uh you know like come up and name my daughter for me instead of uh, me having come up with angelia by myself you know it's it's a big damn deal that she did the soundtrack or <laughs> she did the opening theme song for my podcast and yeah She's an incredible talent, and if you can track down the Chiptune Rockman soundtrack or album, I would highly recommend doing it, because this is one of the best remixes I have ever heard in my life. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's go ahead, and after, yeah, talking about that there for a while, uh, let's move on to day 20, and that is music from a racing game. And what I picked there was Fun Loving Spirit from the Wangan Midnight Maximum Tune soundtrack, and that is by Yuzo Koshiro. Thank you. 
My original thought was to go with something from the initial D arcade stage games. I thought, like, hey, technically that counts, right? Uh, but I kind of thought it was a little cheating. So I figured, eh, let's go with something that is actually unique to a video game. So I decided, hey, why not pull Yuzo Koshiro? Because, goddammit, I mean, he's a legend in the field. I only kind of recently realized that uh, Yuzo Koshiro would did the Wengen Midnight soundtracks, and I have been sort of going on this big deep dive with them, but Fun Loving Spirit is one of those ones that I'll kind of come back to just because it's it's an easy listen. A lot of them are a little bit harder electronic stuff to kind of get you in the mood for racing, but they're sometimes a little much to be listening to on their own, and they do go for a while. That is one thing I've always not had a problem with, with, um, I guess, Electronica-type stuff, is some of the tracks just really seem to kind of go on and on and on, and a couple of the um, Wagon Midnight stuff does kind of linger a little bit longer than I'd like, but again, not a, not a huge fault of it. It's still good stuff, it's just I like a track that kind of cuts in and out in like two to four minutes, basically, and some of that stuff will go on for six to seven, and that's a little too long for my taste. Anyway, why don't we go ahead and let's just go on to the next thing, and that is going to be music you associate with frustration. And I selected Underwater Bombs from the Ninja Turtles game for the NES because, yeah, I don't think anything caused me more frustration than that in my years of playing video games. So here is that track, composed by Jun Funahashi. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that this is one of the hardest things in video games. It's not. With a little bit of practice, you can get it done. It is just a matter of the first time you get to it, it is incredibly frustrating. It's just something that, yeah, it takes a little, takes more than a few tries to get used to. But once you get it, it's not too, too bad. It's just a kind of a bit of a pattern memorization thing. Ultimately, though, when I hear this music, I do go into, as I've uh, talked about previously, go into Hammer Bros mode where my hands start getting sweaty. And I do have some very vivid memories of my NES controllers getting very sweaty trying to get through this damn stage. I, I think the music just adds a very good amount of tension to that part of the game. So despite how, yeah, it's difficult, but I don't think it's anything out of the realm of the NES era difficulty, like spikes, basically. I think it's uh I think that I think the track adds a nice tension to it and really kind of adds into the difficulty. I think if you probably played this section on mute, you probably wouldn't feel it quite as much, but yeah. I mean, I don't know if my muscle memory would kick in now. It has been probably a couple of decades since I played this game to even that level, so who knows, but yeah. I'm I'm not really intent on finding out anytime soon unfortunately, so yeah. So we are going to move on to day 22, and that is town village music. And for that, I selected Kakariko Village from A Link to the Past by Koji Kondo. 
Again, I might be going with a little bit of a basic bitch answer here, but I have some really great memories of my grandma attached to this one. She always liked the different versions of this theme song as the series went on, and A Link to the Past is sort of the Zelda game that I have the most memories of my grandma like attached to, basically, despite her being the one that got me the first one and is what kind of kicked off my love of the Zelda franchise. She would kind of sit down and watch us play, or pretend to watch us play. I don't know how she pretended to give a shit without a smartphone in her hand. <laughs> Bless that woman. To, anyway, maybe she actually did care. Jeez. Anyway, not gonna have a breakdown here on the podcast. I've done that nearly before. So anyway, let's move on. So yeah, um, I just really like the Kakarigo Village theme. It it's really pretty, and it always takes me back to spending time with my grandma. I don't know why she would sit there and watch us play video games when she could care less about video games for the most part but eh, you know that's just the way she was so anyway let's go ahead and let's move on to day 23 and that is underrated music now this is once again something i've talked about on the podcast before and that is flood of power from midnight resistance and that is another instance of having four composers credited on the soundtrack so i'm just going to go ahead and not credit them at the moment and if you really really want to look go and check out uh the podcast i did on midnight resistance uh boy it's got to be a couple of years ago at this point i don't even know anyway here is flood of power
Yeah, that was Flood of Power again. Um, again, probably more underappreciated than underrated, I really feel. But, you know, we did a, did an episode of uh, Midnight Resistance a ways back. Uh, just really amazing Genesis slash Mega Drive stuff. I mentioned it in... The Valis episode that Midnight Resistance is definitely one of my top, we'll just say top five, uh, Genesis soundtracks. It is way up there, and this is probably my favorite on that. I played the arcade version fairly recently, and it definitely didn't uh, feel quite as impactful as the Genesis version did, as far as the soundtrack goes. The game itself is probably a lot better on the arcade, but the soundtrack uh, really kicks ass on the Genesis a lot more than it does on any of the other platforms it's available on. Moving on, let's go to day 24, music you constantly have stuck in your head, and I picked Into the Wilderness from Wild Arms by Michiko Naruke. This is another track I nearly forgot actually has made a previous appearance on Rock Out With Your Card Out. It was actually on episode one as one of my favorite like introductory themes. So yeah, the acoustic guitar and kind of mixed in with the string section in this whole thing is just really, really just evocative and just really makes me want to play Wild Arms, even though the game's just okay kind of at best. But really, I think what sells this thing is that whistle. That whistle is just incredibly iconic for anybody who's ever played this and maybe people who haven't even played it before are very familiar with this track it is a really astounding like decision to not have vocals in there originally if i'm remembering correctly from an old old episode of retronauts 
they had talked about originally this was supposed to be a j-pop theme and then they basically took out the singer and threw in the whistle and the whistle has kind of been a series mainstay ever since i think there is a track in wild arms alter code f which is a remake of this which is also a terrible remake but has an incredible soundtrack i believe this track is called the warrior's whistle and yeah i I think it sort of cemented the whistle there for me as like just something you need in a wild arms game soundtrack yeah anyway let's move on to day 25 and that is music that gets you pumped up so um yeah, you probably can guess where we're going. So uh, we're going to be listening to First Step Towards War from Ease 1 and 2 Chronicles. And that is by Falcom Sound Team JDK. So, yeah, here they are.
Gotham Sound Team purists might scoff a little bit at my decision to use the one from Ease 1 and 2 Chronicles instead of one of the earlier versions, just because that's the way purists are. They want everything old and the way it was, and anything modern can't possibly be any good. Yes, there are people who think the original version of Falcom Sound Team was the only version of Falcom Sound Team, and that the modern version sucks. I'm sorry if you live such a sad, dilapidated excuse of a life, but move on. Everyone else has to, so just deal with it. Anyway, I really like this version. It really kicks ass, but at the same time, I think you could pretty much play uh, First Step Towards War on an accordion, and it would still kick ass. I don't know how you would make this song work on an accordion, but, you know, maybe Weird Al could figure something out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and let's move on to day 26, because I've probably talked your ear off enough about Falcom Sound Team. I don't want to stretch your patience any further with uh, my talk of Falcom Sound Team. So, yeah. Moving on to day 26 is music you like from a game you haven't played, and I chose Cut to the Chase from Uncharted 4 by Henry Jackman.
So, much to no one's surprise, if you know me even remotely well, I own Uncharted 4 and have not touched the thing. I can only hope that the scene that plays out when this uh, track is playing lives up to what I have in my mind. I somehow doubt it because, boy oh boy, this thing just really sounds bombastic and really gets you like, holy shit, there is something seriously huge going on. I know Uncharted is a lot of set-piece stuff and does have a lot of like big moments, but... Whatever it is in my mind, I don't know if anything could possibly live up to it. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of expectations here in this uh, in this track here in my head. So, yeah. So with that, let's go ahead and let's move on to Day 27 music from a handheld game. And that is Tall Tall Mountain Range from Link's Awakening. And the composers on those, there's only three, so I'm going to go ahead and go with them because we also have a through line here with Minako Hamano once again. That is actually the first thing she's ever worked on as far as game composing, so that's a, that's a hell of a way to start. Uh, Kazuo Ishikawa and Kazumi Totoka. In a series that relies pretty heavily on a few main themes, 
having something like Tall Tall Mountain Range come up is a nice breath of fresh air because it is completely different from just about everything else you've heard in every other Zelda game up until this point. I don't think I'm speaking in hyperbole when I say Link's Awakening is one of the best Zelda soundtracks because goddammit if you listen to the thing it clearly clearly is. There's so much unique stuff going on in there that is not present in the rest of the Zelda series that these people should be just applauded for trying something a little bit different with this. I really do feel that Link's Awakening's remake got a real good handle on just the diversity that the original was going for, but the Game Boy was not capable of producing, so... Yeah, Tall Tall Mountain Range is one of my favorite Zelda tracks, just plain and simple. I think really, really only beat by maybe two tracks from A Link to the Past. That would be the um, you know the light and dark world overworld themes. So yeah, little little tough to live up to those in my mind, but Tall Tall Mountain Range does a fine job of doing so. All right, let's move on to day twenty eight, and yeah, we're nearly done here, and that is music that makes you nostalgic. So what I'm gonna play here is Area One from Blaster Master on the NES, and that is by Naoki Kodaka. got a ton of fond memories of playing Blaster Master when I was a kid. I used to play it in the daycare that I went to after school when we first moved to New Mexico in like 89, 90. I played it at my friend Dustin's house, who I'm still more or less friends with. I, you know, we don't really talk too much, but we're friends on Facebook and, you know, occasionally we'll just like talk about stuff. I think it's mostly he'll ask me something about video games because he knows, well, what other freak do I know that knows just about everything that I could possibly want to know about video games? Oh, Jason. <laughs> and I also ended up getting one um, on my own NES that my, well, 
the NES that my grandma got for me on my own. So, yeah. Um, this one is kind of burned into my brain. It is just one of the defining little pieces of music from the 8-bit generation, and it's just one of the best. I love this thing, and I don't think I could ever hear this thing and not just want to listen to it all the way through before moving on to something else. Realistically, I think this is one of those tracks you can kind of put on for like those half-hour loops or whatever on YouTube, and I think it'd be just fine. And let's move on to day 29. Only two more things here, guys. We're almost there. So the final boss music I decided on was Meridian Dance from Secret of Mana, and that is by Hiroki Kakuta. Yeah, you didn't think you were getting out of this thing without listening to some Secret of Mana, right? Right. I should take us out on something pretty strong. I mean, I know we're not really ending quite yet, but, you know, we're right on the cusp there. The penultimate, if you will. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Meridian Dance, one of the best final boss tracks, just plain and simple. I, I don't know how to stress that to anybody. If you haven't heard the Secret of Mana soundtrack, do yourself a favor and listen to it. It is astounding what Hiroki Kakuta managed to pull with the NES. There are samples in there that make no sense there are sounds that make no sense i don't know how the man made that soundtrack as good as it is and with a couple of sneakers in there that i'm just like dude you are amazing why did you make a couple of these anyway eh. so yeah meridian dance i really went back and forth with more than a few different tracks as to what i wanted to pick for this but i decided hey meridian dance was the way to go because it is probably my favorite boss theme of all time. I hate saying of all time because that just sounds 
I don't know, so childish in a way, but really Meridian Dance has stuck with me for 20 plus years, and I don't see it being overtaken by anything anytime soon. So, yeah, hats off to you, Kakuta. You made it to the penultimate track on this thing. I could have used you on every single one of these nearly. I think we would have been just fine. So, yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to day 30. That's right, we are talking about the last track here. So, what we're going to be listening to is Rebirth, from Illusion of Gaia, composed by Yasuhiro Kawasaki. Thank you. 
quite the way to go out, I feel. Illusion of Gaia has got one of those soundtracks that I was only recently fairly appreciative of. I did play Illusion of Gaia when I was a kid to completion, and I kind of vaguely remember liking it, but it wasn't really one that stuck with me, especially when I think I got Secret of Mana that same Christmas. So it was like, oh, hey, which one of these is going to have the better soundtrack? Gee, I wonder which one, because I own a CD of one of them, and the other one I just only recently started listening to on its own. So yeah, I wonder which one stuck with me more. But that ending theme is really good, and having gone through the soundtrack itself for the podcast, having listened to that ending theme really got me to appreciate just how well it kind of interwove themes that they use throughout the game into the ending theme. Now, Final Fantasy VI would do the same thing as well, but I also didn't feel like subjecting you to a 15-minute ending theme. I think the six minutes or whatever uh, that one was was probably sufficient because we are over two hours long now on this podcast, and I really don't want to subject you to any more of my idiocy, I suppose, in video game music for more than this. I really was trying to keep it under two hours, but unfortunately, it looks like I fail at that uh, prospect gloriously, so yes. Anyway, I'll go ahead and wrap up the show here. Please go to patreon.com slash gamesandjunk. Over there, you can kick in $3 a month. And for $3 a month, you will get a gigantic amount of rewards. Maybe gigantic is a little bit of a stretch of the term, but you know what I mean. So for $3 a month, you will get a catch-all podcast feed for all of the podcasts I do here on the Games and Junk Network, which is So Say We All the Games Junk Game Club, Multimedia Failure, and Rock Out With Your Card Out. So yes, you will get access to four podcasts in one handy feed, also at a higher quality audio rate, and early access. Also, with that $3 tier, you will get bonus episodes of Rock Out With Your Card Out. Currently, there are eight of those, uh, making the total episodes of Rock Out With Your Card Out a whopping 58 so yeah there's a there's a whole lot of this the bonus segments on multimedia failure which can add anywhere between 20 to 45 minutes extra of that podcast so if that's something you're into hopefully you go do that and also if you bump up to five dollars a month that will get you all the previous tiers that we mentioned or all the stuff on the previous tier that we mentioned as well as a shout out on the show so for that tier i want to shout out to vanessa cahill john lucero Alex Messenger and Josh Carpenter for kicking in $5 a month. I did lower the tier a little while ago to try to attract some new listeners, uh, some new supporters. So we're going to try a couple more things here with that, and hopefully that will do it. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm going to do. (laughs) So yeah, as usual, you can follow the podcast at Robico Podcast. That is R-O-W-Y-C-O Podcast. You can follow me at Jason Ariola. That is J-A-S-O-N-A-R-R-I-O-L-A. All of the links will be posted in the show notes, and the show notes for this will be extensive because there's a lot of music I've got to put on here. So, yeah. Anyway, that has been 50 episodes of Rock Out With Your Card Out. I cannot thank you enough for listening to this podcast still to this day. I am amazed at how many people listen to this stupid show because I don't want to say this was sort of always a dream of mine was talking about video game music in a way, but doing this podcast has just been a real treat. It has been a real joy and is one of my favorite things I do for fun, even though this podcast can at times be a little bit daunting because of how many other video game music podcasts there are and i feel like i need to be able to bring something original to the table or something a little different i suppose i can't do that completely because there are you know literally hundreds and hundreds of people that are just simple djs or whatever you want to call them on the radio that do nothing different and i feel like i do a pretty good job of handling this because of how much i love this stuff even if i'm not the most technically adept person in the world with when it comes to video game music or music in general 
Anyway, thanks for listening. I, again, cannot thank you enough for sticking with me. If you can do me one more favor, go to wherever you catch your podcasts from and go rank us over there. Uh, however you want to do that. I don't know which platform supports rankings anymore, but yeah, please go do that if you have the time. Also, if you can't afford to donate to Patreon at three, five dollars, whatever, uh, you know, I've got a couple other tiers above those, but the three and the five are the ones I feel like are the best bang for the buck. But if you can even just do a dollar a month, that would be a huge help because if everyone gave me a dollar that listens to this every month, I could probably do nothing but podcasts for a living. That would be that would be fantastic. That is the dream. I don't know if it will ever happen, and it's looking like it's not going to happen, but you know what? I'll keep I'll keep asking. I'll keep dry begging, I guess. So, yeah. Anyway, again, thanks for listening to Rocket With Your Card Out. Here is to another 50 and beyond, and... Great! I knew that groove was in your heart.